This is the Impulse Project. Music from the demo scene and the tracking community. Welcome back to the Impulse Project. This is episode five. It's Ed and myself, Brian, today hosting the show, and we're going to kind of mix things up a little bit. Yeah, today we are kind of moving away from the Amiga tracker files that we've been doing for the past few episodes, and we're going to focus on the SID chip, and the SID chip was found in the Commodore 64, which is more or less the predecessor to the Amiga computer, and you'll find it has a very right. different sound, but... All the music is still absolutely incredible for it. Oh, yeah. That track that brought us in was called Holocaust Intro, and it's uh, an unspecified SID chip, but it's using the uh, 6581. That's what you guys are hearing. And the author is Cargo, or the uh, composer's Cargo, and it was released in 1990 by the group Holocaust. And uh, no, it's just a rad track. I think that it definitely... uh, is one of my uh, one of my favorite Sid tunes, and uh, that baseline, man, isn't that awesome? The baseline just rocks. You know, I, I like how it kind of still has that chip tune sound that you'd find in a lot of uh, like mod tracker files, but they're using it to such good effect on on this new chip. Uh, or, you know, this older chip that is new to us right now. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it just everything just flows together really well. I, I like how they can create such a nice candor, too, especially just using, like, what's basically just like a snare drum hit. It's really cool. 
Yeah, you know, I really like the uh, the buildup with the. It's like a like a slowed down arpeggio on like a single channel, but it's this kind of like scaling buildup, and I, I love that. It's kind of soft and in the background. Then that lead comes in, and it's just it's so smooth, and it has this really nice reverberating tone. Uh, it's just it's just a cool track. It makes me uh, makes me just feel like I'm really listening to some true demo music. Definitely a good introduction to the SID chip, I'd say. Yeah, so anyways, the, the SID chip itself, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of experience growing up. This is kind of like early on. I must have been just a like a little, little guy when like the, the SID chip was in its prime. So I didn't have a whole lot of exposure until after I had already had like an Amiga and been playing around with different, you know, mod files and stuff. So for me, the SID uh, is something that kind of had to win me over. But hearing a lot of like uh, demos and different games and stuff through that through that chip, it really uh, kind of found a special place in my heart. It's funny because I kind of the opposite. I never had an Amiga growing up, but my mom was a public school teacher, so in the summers she would bring me to her school while she set up her classroom before you know in like late August, early September, and so she had Commodore uh, Commodore sixty fours in the back of the classroom, and she had like boxes and boxes of discs that my cousin had given us. So I kind of remember the C64 from like my summers at at this empty school, <laughs> playing all these games and trying them all out, and you know put these different floppies in there. So the C64 actually does have kind of a cool. Um, nostalgia factor for me, and I, I remember a lot of the you know the game tunes in there that were really really cool. So this kind of like brings me back to when I was like you know eight, nine, ten years old, and oh that's awesome. sweating my butt off in a in a classroom without air conditioning in the middle of August. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like for me, um, like I said, I got uh, like a C sixty four. You know, we had one in the house much later on, and so. Uh, I didn't get to experience this, and I kind of feel like I, I was I was left out of the loop. And different from from you, I actually had to go to uh, the you know summer programs and summer school too. But all of our schools had uh, Apple IIs in them. We didn't have any ah. C64, so it wasn't until um, yeah, like much later on that I was even introduced to it. And I was like, oh, what is this thing? Wait, this seems like a an Amiga, but it's older and. Uh, you know, my little kid brain couldn't figure it out right away, but then, you know, I put the pieces <laughs> together in it. But anyways, a little bit of history on uh, the SID chip. So the C64 was the most popular computer in the 80s. I, I believe it was the most popular computer in the 80s, way ahead of its time, especially for the price and uh, what it offered. And one of the big features of the machine, which definitely led to the C64 being so you know popular in the U.S. and in Europe and stuff, was the sound interface device or the SID chip that was developed by Bob Yanes at Moss Technology in 1982. And the chip is kind of cool itself. It has three channels consisting of four different waveforms. There's a pulse, triangle, sawtooth, and a noise channel or noise wave. And uh, these channels have volume controls for like attack, decay, sustain, release. But it also has a multi-mode filter for low pass, high pass, and band pass output. So there's actually not just one chip. There's actually two different chips aside from all the revisions that are kind of like this, the spotlight, the de facto, and people know. It's the 6581 and the 8580. 
And the first version of the chip, the 6581, was actually kind of incomplete. Um, I was reading that Yanes uh, had said that when he first showcased the, the documents, he unveiled basically just a work in progress. And there was all these features that he had listed out that he wanted to do, but they hadn't been finished yet. And so by the time the, the product had to ship and they had to put it in the final design, there was a bunch of features that were actually yanked out. So, for example, there was a, a bug that caused changes in the volume levels on a channel to produce like this kind of slight pop or like a, like a crackle. But a lot of composers and engineers were able to, and they're really clever, they were able to figure out that this could be really useful to create like this fourth false uh, or like a virtual voice or virtual channel for percussion, short samples, and digitizing speech. But moving forward a few years, they developed a new model, kind of revamped what they already had. And this defunct, this bug was kind of corrected or partially corrected in the 8580 chip, which was used in the Commodore uh, 64C and the Commodore 128. What it did was it, I, I think it sounds really cool, but at the same time, it took all those, those digitized sound samples and it made them really, really quiet. So there was games that were almost incompatible with uh, with the sound for this new chip. The the 8580 has like a much more responsive filter and has this more like kind of plasticky sound, but uh, the 6581 I think has a little bit more a little bit more wavos behind it. Yeah, it's a little crunchier I think and it's I think what people most think of when they think about Commodore 64 music because I, I think most people ended up having that the original chip for the most part I mean at, at least that's how I remember it right um, but yeah I, I think that there's kind of pros and cons to each chip and we're gonna play tunes um, utilizing both of those chips so we can kind of compare and contrast them as we go through the show right I, I really like the the 8580 sound but when you have a chip that was designed for the 6581 and you try to play it through the 8580 it sounds a lot of the time it sounds really bad so yeah um depending on the composer and how they wanted to write the track i mean that's the chip that you should use so if you look at like the high voltage sid collection or something like that a lot of the info is is kind of caked into the sid files themselves and it will auto detect what uh what model of the the chip to use so that's kind of how we're going by playback now that first track that we came in with holocaust that's unspecified so we're going to play it through the, the 6581 just because I think that sounds better. I think you agree, Ed? Oh, yeah, totally. I think it, it just sounds a little crunchier and a little more, I, I guess, punchy yeah. with the 6581. Yeah. Anyways, I think we've uh, we've gone on a little bit. So let's get into our next track. What do you say? Yeah, totally. This one is from a very popular composer. Uh, his name is Rain Oahand, and the track title is Out is Out.
All right, welcome back. That was Out Is Out by Rain Owenhand, and that was created in 1989 for the ruling company, and we used the uh, SID 6581 chip for that one. And man, that that thing just rocks. I love that solo towards the end. Oh my God, that solo. He was all over the place. That was nuts. <laughs> you know, you, just when you think like, okay, this, this is going to be like a short riff, you know, maybe, you know, 10 seconds max. He just keeps going and you're just like, oh my God, like your brain just can't handle it anymore. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. So how did you how, how did you come across this this track? Well, Rain Ohand, um, let's see, it was on actually one of my episodes of uh, Pixel Tunes Radio that I did quite a while ago with my buddy Aaron Hickman, and we played some tracks from unreleased games. And uh, he actually brought a track with him for an unreleased C64 game, the, the title of which I don't remember offhand, but it was composed by Rain Ohand. So that's kind of how I how I heard about the composer himself. So then I started seeking out other tracks that he'd done both in the demo scene and for actual games and so this one out is out was used in like five or six different demos over the years uh for the for the demo scene community for the uh you know the c64 and uh so it just kind of stuck out every time i heard this when i was watching a demo video i really really liked it so i figured this would be a perfect track for today yeah he's definitely a, a powerhouse composer for the for the sid i mean I, I have a number of tracks of his that I, I'm absolutely in love with. So this is a good pick. I'm glad uh, in our first, you know, C64 kind of based episode, uh, he is he's definitely in the mix. That's that's really cool. Good pick. Thank you. Uh, so I wanted to use this track as kind of a demonstration piece to talk about some of the techniques that composers use when they're making music with the SID chip. So there's, you know, three or four different techniques that you see a lot of them use quite often. And perhaps one of the most famous is called pulse width modulation. And so it's mainly used on the pulse and the square channels. And so what they do is, you know, if you zoom in really closely on like a waveform, uh, if, you, if you have like a, you know, a, a wave file on your computer and you zoom in real close on it, it's actually just up and down like peaks and valleys. It's just one line that goes across the whole screen. Right. So what pulse width modulation does is it's kind of an automated sequence that shrinks and expands those peaks and valleys in that line. So that creates kind of like that flange or wah-wah effect that you might hear on the on the lead. Like it goes wow. So that's pulse width modulation. It kind of And this is this is a great example of that too. Yeah, it kind of gives a more organic effect to those lead synths and not such like a like a computer effect like you might get on an NES or like a Sega Master System or something like that. Right. A second technique is called arpeggiation and if you've listened to our previous episode Episodes, you've definitely heard us talk about arpeggiation and arpeggios you, you are can't, you can't mix miss it at this point it's yeah. just part of it's part of all of the demo scene it's one of the like very standout uh i guess standout effects that are used and every composer uses them at some point i think exactly and so that's you know the rapid um sequence or series of notes kind of running up and down like you know barry leach loves to do it um if you're uh, a, a vgm guy and you're not too familiar with commodore 64 stuff you know if you're familiar with um you know like neil baldwin or uh tim fallen or uh jero and tell you'll you'll definitely know what an arpeggio is because it's very unique to western composers when they work on the nes yeah i was i was just gonna say that you know a lot we see this a lot in like western uh, music composed music but 
uh, Japanese composers in, in video games weren't really doing this technique. I, I'm not sure exactly what that was because, I mean, you know, they could have done it on any of the, the console playbacks, but it just wasn't really used. But in on the Western side, this was like the de facto kind of sound that makes it makes it a chiptune, I think. Yeah, and it kind of just defines the sound for Western chiptune music. Um, you know, you hear it a little bit in, with Japanese music on the NES, but it's it's much more slow. You don't get that rapid arpeggiation like you do with the Western right, composers. Right, right, right. Um, so the third one is, um, well, we already talked about sampling, um, which, which was basically taking um, some of the, the bugs and the flaws in the SID chips programming and kind of turning it into a feature. Uh, and so that would be when you would add a vocal sample or an actual uh, sample of a snare or a bass kick drum and add that into your song. Um, but then the last one is is fast pitch bends to make a percussive sound. And so when this track starts is a very good example of that. So you get that kind of a, a bass right, drum that kind right. of like goes down at the end. And that's basically taking the square channel at a very low frequency and making it end at an even lower frequency. So it kind of emulates right. a percussive sound. So it gives it a very unique sound as well. I think we see that sometimes too, even in the higher range with like, uh, if you're listening to um, like certain video game music and you or demo scene music or pretty much anything and you hear those kind of like it sounds like a like a phaser like a like a gun like a pew pew you know you, yeah. you hear that and it's either really really slowed down or really sped up it kind of it kind of emulates that that uh, percussion and uh, yeah we, we can hear that a lot I think too yep and then one last feature is the filtering the high pass and low pass filtering which kind of helps the bass get even bassier or the treble get even more treblier is that a word it's a word now <laughs> it's a word now <laughs> um basically ways to kind of trick the chip into producing sounds that are uh higher or lower than would even be you know normally uh capable via what the chip was intended to do originally so you know these four or five tricks along with countless other ones that individual composers kind of developed on their own really helped get the music to sound the way it does and for all of these different composers to have such different techniques and different sounds and you know for a simple right. three channel chip like this the range and sound and emotion that comes out of it is absolutely unbelievable yeah you know it's 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 hard to kind of imagine that the filtering could be or could play such an important role but it for the for the SID chip it really does it's such an important factor on what makes the the tune sound the way it does uh, i know like uh mark galloway had a like a kind of known for uh how he used his filtering and uh a few other things i think some um some of the early uh your own tell stuff even tracks that uh you're playing back in a certain filter if you change the filter in your in your software it makes the track sound so different it's definitely a crucial part of understanding the the sid technology for for playback yeah it almost makes it sound like you're using an entirely different keyboard it's it's right kind of weird how you can have the same note but such a different tone at the same time just, just tricks of the trade. Um, so as far as Rain Ohan goes, he's been composing music since he was 15. So, you know, he's no stranger to the Sid chip 
at all. Yeah, just a waltz in the park for him. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you head over to YouTube, actually just type in his name on YouTube. He has his own channel, and so he has a lot of live performances. He basically has the Rain versus series, so you'll see like Rain versus Martin Galway, or Rain versus Neil Baldwin, or Rain versus Mark Cooksey. He's got all these different chip tuners that he performs live with at all these different events. Oh wow! And that so sounds yeah, rad. You, yeah, you can definitely go check it out. They're playing live instruments. They're playing, you know, they're they're doing chip tunes on stage. So they're creating these different tunes, both original and rehashes of stuff like you know Whizball and Green Beret and all these other uh, you know chip tunes that they made for video games. Uh, and there's just hours upon hours of Rain Ohan stuff on on YouTube. So it's definitely worth checking out. I so I haven't seen the verses stuff, but I've seen some of his other stuff on there. Uh, more recent, maybe in the last six seven years i guess uh some of it's pretty cool man that guy can play a lot of instruments yeah he's extremely talented and we're gonna definitely hear more from him maybe not even on the c64 but maybe on some other chips as we have more episodes of impulse project (laughs) right (laughs) so are you ready for the ready for the next track uh i don't know this is getting too awesome for me i'm scared what's up next (laughs) so this kind of out of coincidence we both picked some kind of funky funky tracks oh yeah and we did. So, so we're bundling those together um first off this play uh the track that i picked this is called funking and it's using the the 6581 and this is composed by anders olin and it was released in 1991 by the group bonsai That was Funking, uh, using the 6581 chip, composed by Anders Oland for the group Bonsai in 1991. Uh, absolutely cool track. I recently found this, actually. I I have uh, some music from from uh, Anders Oland. He also goes by the name Zonix, if, if you're looking him up. I had heard a bunch of other stuff from him, and I had just was thinking, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do a show on uh, just Sid tracks, so 
might as well look through other stuff that he's done and i came across this and i was just like man this is fucking great <laughs> extremely fucking great <laughs> and uh no it's it's just a fun track I had a good time listening to it and uh yeah made its way on the show i uh i really like i don't know it's kind of like a almost like a woodblock sound in the background it's that square channel just like bump 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 like every once yeah. in a while it kind of adds to the percussion it just makes it kind of like fills the whole song out it's really cool you know and i think too what makes this this track kind of fun is that uh the notes are very very distinct they don't have a lot of sustain to them so when you when you listen to it everything is very clear and defined and it uh, it just sounds everything sounds separate. Even like there's there's clear parts of, of uh, silence in in the track, yeah. and uh, it just you you know that that next part's coming. It's like any other funk track, you know that that rhythm's coming right back in. So you just kind of anticipate it and you keep anticipating over and over, and it gets uh, just so catchy. And I love how the the bass and the lead synth kind of do their own thing but then every once in a while they'll end up on the same harmonized note and it's like they just kind of come together and then split apart come together yeah. and split apart it's really cool yeah there's also a we hear some arpeggios in there but there's also some some arps on the uh the bass channel the the underlying bass like if you if you really listen it's it's very short it's probably only like you know three the three notes in the arpeggio but it's uh it's really quick and i i like that sound i like how it's just kind of thrown in there kind of gently and uh it's not trying to to overpower the the rest of the track i think that's why everything sounds so separated because he's really keeping that distinction between each uh each note yeah you can totally imagine you know like a real band playing this track i think every part is distinct and is played in kind of a way where it has kind of a human element to it like those those arpeggios on the bass line kind of like a little bass solo like a little guy you know fluttering his fingers over the over over the bass frets it just sounds cool and it's done very realistically yeah no this is a great track to uh to have on the show i'm really glad uh we uh we threw it in the mix a little bit uh, about Anders uh, Oland, kind of interesting guy. I didn't actually, you know, I, I looked this up and I didn't know about him beforehand. He uh, he was a member, so he was a member of a Danish trance group called the Barcode Brothers, and uh, I hadn't I hadn't heard of them, but that name kind of sounded familiar. I guess they were really popular, or they were you know popular in the UK from uh, around 1999 to 2004. And they had two different albums that they released, and there was a few like, like club dancey hits. There was one called uh, uh, "Do Do" or "Do Do," something like that. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, there's no lyrics, so I, I don't know what it is. Um, and there's another one called "Flute." I I listened to these on YouTube. You can go check them out. Um, you know, I hadn't heard them, so I don't know where I thought I knew Barcode Brothers from, but maybe oh, maybe something else. But interesting guy, though, he started writing music when he was seven, and by the time he was 20, he wrote an international number one hit song for the group Aqua. Aqua, you That's know, like the, the Barbie girl group. Yep, yep. Yeah, the, the song, the, so the song that he wrote was uh, called Dr. Jones, but he wrote uh, a few other tracks for them, too, like Around the World and uh, like a few different other ones. But I mean, that's, I, I had no idea, you know, I'm not a huge Aqua fan, but um, I do know the band and, you know, I know that they were really popular for the some of the some of the girls when I was in high school, but, uh, you know, other than that, not too sure. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy that a, a C64 chiptune artist would be, even be associated with a band <laughs> that did the Barbie Girl song. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, cracked me up. So, you know, I saw that, I was like, wait, what? 
this? No, am I reading this? Do I have the right Anders Olin? Like this, and then you know, sure enough, yeah, he shows a bunch of other stuff. So yeah, he so he was basically in the group Bonsai. Um, I guess during this period, he was in the group Bonsai, and it was a it was a demo group from Copenhagen that started in 1988. And they kind of phased out around 1992, but a lot of the members went over to another group called uh, Starion. And they had quite a few other amazing composers in in their group as well. There was Metal, who has some some pretty cool stuff. I listened to some of his music. There was Scorsia and uh, Drax, who we knew uh, from Maniacs of Noise. We actually One played a track from yeah. We played a track from Drax. Was that episode two? Episode two. Yep. Yeah. So uh, one of the first tracks I yeah, introduced on the show. That's right. Real uh, among a lot of good guys. A lot of good guys came out of that demo group. So uh, yeah, he was just another one that ended up going on to do stuff for Aqua, I guess. And he won a Grammy too. So I that's mean, right. That's yeah, right. He, he really got pretty successful after a while. Yeah. So you know this this track just goes to show. I mean, the guy has talent. He writes amazing music. If you listen to some of his other stuff that is on the CC. 64 you can definitely see that idea of what his style is if you go to like the the more later stuff like the you know the aqua and the uh the barcode brothers it's a little bit more a little bit more trancey so uh, i'm not a huge trance fan i mean i can listen to it but it's not really my jam so uh yeah especially like pop trance it's very bubblegum yeah yeah that's i'm not not into that really (laughs) anyways anyways what do we got next on the on the lineup Next up is the second track in our funk collection. This one's called <laughs> Enjoy the Funk. Uh, this one's from Kent Falden, otherwise known as Power Trace. And this is the first uh, track that we're going to be playing using the SID 8580 chip. So keep an ear out for the differences in that sound.
welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the funk because that was called Enjoy the Funk. Uh, that was from <laughs> Kent of Valden, <laughs> otherwise known as Power Trace. That was actually a very recent track that was composed in 2015, and it used the SID 8580 chip. And it was so mellow. It just reminded me of a really good Daft Punk song. Yeah, no, I agree. We were listening to it together, and, uh, you know, you said Daft Punk, and immediately I was like, yep, that's you just nailed it that's it you know i was i was saying to you too like you know i'm i'm sitting in my car driving home and uh and i had this turned way up and i could feel that bass like just right through my seat traveling you know right up my body it just oh it was so good cool track yeah it just rocks you i mean i i know i said that i preferred the the 6581 chip at the beginning of the show but this is a very very good uh example of how the 8580 can be used to great effect right. you know this this doesn't sound really like a demo scene track like the ones that we've been playing before this it's very bass driven it's very kind of just four on the floor kind of meandering kind of laid back track that kind of just lets like little sound effects drive the song instead of huge solos yeah there's like like the the arps in there are like so minute you, you miss them it's almost like a like a sound effect almost uh, like a cricket like yeah <laughs> yeah no way way cool track but yeah like this does you know this goes to show you know depending on uh how the the track was designed it you know could sound much worse on the the 6581 but you know being designed for that 8580 uh really makes use of the uh the filters and stuff that it has to offer yeah exactly so uh, a little bit about kent falden um he's a swedish composer and he lives in Halifors. And uh, he's been composing music since the 80s, uh, when he started off on the Commodore 64 and the Amiga. So considering that this track was composed in, in 2015, just last year, right. you know, he's been he's been working with this hardware for like 30 years now. So that's that's pretty impressive. And that, you know, the song kind of shows that mastery that he's definitely gained over those years on, on the SID chip. Right. Um, nowadays, he uses Propellerhead Reason for all his creations. Uh, he's got a couple of games and stuff under his belt. He did some orchestral music for a game titled Project Resurgence, uh, music and sound effects for a game called Coin Mani Remix, and another one for an Android game called Shapes Mindorama. So those are some titles you might want to check out yeah. if you like this music. You know, Project Resurgence, that sounds familiar, but the other two I can't say that I've... I've heard of. Yeah, I think you know a lot of them are just really kind of under the under the the table indie titles that don't really get that big of a push. Right. Um, Project Resurgence. I I think I've heard of it too, but um, I couldn't tell you the link that it heads to is page not found. So I guess I'm not going to be able to tell you any more <laughs> about it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I'm glad you picked. It's it's funny. I'm glad you picked a track from uh, 2015 because you know we're we're kind of talking the other day and we we're thinking you know it would be a good idea for us to uh not, i mean of course we want to play the older stuff too because it's you know it there's amazing stuff out there that a lot of people have maybe missed but um we also want to kind of look in to like more recent stuff too because you know uh, like sid music it's it's still being made there's still people writing writing music for it and there's still people doing all sorts of stuff 
and uh, being able to kind of look at the the more modern era, I think, is a good maybe kind of reflection back to some of the old stuff. I think they play really well hand in hand. I think doing this mix is is kind of crucial moving forward for us. Yeah, and I've talked to a lot of uh, fans and listeners on our Facebook group, and there are a lot of people who have said, you know, look, I know all about the older tracks that were written in the 80s and 90s, but I'm not too up on the modern stuff. And then I'll talk to a different group of people and they'll be like, yeah, I love modern chiptune. I'm a composer myself, but I haven't listened to a lot of the older stuff. So, you know, it's good that, you know, we can kind of mix everything together so everybody can hear something that's both familiar and new at the same time in every single show. Yeah. Anyways, I think we're moving on to our next track. So this track I picked, it's actually uh, another newer track. It's um, something that I recently discovered and I was very, very impressed after hearing it. It's called Bromide and it was composed by Doc and Vectrix. So let's listen to that and we'll be right back. Get ready for something a little bit different. That was Bromide for the SID 6581 chip composed by Doc and Vectrix. And it was released in November 15th of 2015 for the group Beige. And uh, man, this track, what amazing, right? I just, I wish we knew who Doc and Vectrex were so I could go and shake their hands. I love this track. Yeah, no, it, you know, it's weird. It's, it's like very industrial, very kind of, it's kind of like this beautiful mess of, of sounds that are all cluttered but so perfectly orchestrated together I, I don't i don't even know how to explain it it's, it's just an awesome awesome yeah. track i think i called it indian trip hop when we were listening to it earlier yeah that that would be the best description for me but man like the uh it sounds almost like like pistons or uh like pressure valves kind of bursting off when they're, yeah, they're using the, totally uh, that. the the noise channel and uh yeah it's just it's it's kind of all over the place. I I was thinking first maybe we'll we'll play this in the the beginning of the episode, and we were kind of talking. We we're like, yeah, this might be a little bit too overboard because it it's kind of like its own entity. It you know it it's hard to it's hard to describe. It's hard to put words to uh, I, I guess how I feel about this track, but I I can't get enough of it. I can't stop listening to it. It kind of reminds me of um you know like the the beginning of like a Jennifer Lopez or a Beyonce song where it's just it's really like heavy. But then it kind of settles into like you know like a like a 
like a pop ballad or something like that. But at the beginning, it's like you do, all you see in the video are like dancing bodies, and it's like, doo, 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 and yeah. then it goes into the song. Like, but it t- it just takes that that really awesome sound at the beginning of those pop songs and just expands upon it and kind of repeats itself for for a good ninety seconds. It's it's just really cool. Yeah, no, I def I you know I probably wouldn't have said Beyonce, uh, but uh, it, it wouldn't have been my first guess. But I can I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> it totally works. No, this track is really cool. It basically to to break it down there was this demo party in 2015 they do it every year this was the seventh one it's called syntax and it's a party in australia and um this was entered last year in the mixed music category and it took second place and i looked at the first place entry and it's actually a genesis or a mega drive track and uh it's it's actually a pretty great track too but cool this was just a, a a phenomenal release from the group beige could not find anything on these guys uh, it's a shame because, I, yeah, I would love to go give them a hug and tell them to keep working <laughs> on more tunes. Yeah, so at least we've got this. So, um, but I'm 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 pretty happy with it. I don't I don't think you can really top this one, in my opinion. Yeah, not, not on this show anyway. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, I think we're on to our last track of the last track of the day, actually. Yeah, this one is called Birds Flight. And it's another track using the old 8580 chip. The composer's name is Tomas Simchak, otherwise known as Randy. And this was released in 1996 for Scorn. Enjoy.
that poor little bird. That was Bird's Flight. And that was using the SID 8580 chip from Tomaz Simchak, otherwise known as Randy. And it was released in 1996 for Scorn. And uh, quite an ending track. You know, I thought that was perfect for the end of our show. No, that was that was good. Kind of kind of touched me a little bit. I kind of got a little emotional there. That was an excellent, excellent track, though. I mean, like, I just, you know, closed my eyes, listened to it. And, uh, you know, I was, I was at first I was trying to picture a bird. And um, it wasn't happening because, like, I, you know, to me, birds just seem happy. So I kind of pictured, like, the, I guess, like, the end of a like a movie the whole world is destroyed and you got this one guy left and uh he's just kind of like walking out you know across the the desert and the oblivion and i don't know i just it really hit me as like this uh this kind of epic ending to uh like a movie like a theatrical like a, like a mad max thing going on yeah yeah good <laughs> good pick though uh what how'd you find this uh, this one was, uh, you know, this was just kind of randomly picking through the high voltage collection. Okay. Uh, just playing a bunch of random tracks and seeing what stuck and, you know, different, uh, titles would, would stick out to me and Bird's Flight just sounded like something that was kind of grand, grand, uh, grandiose, grandois, whatever you want to call <laughs> it. So I just figured I would give it a double click and it really worked out for me yeah this is this is one of the the larger tracks that we've actually played today it's one of the longest ones too it's um a whopping 6k six kilobytes Um, oh my goodness goodness man what are we gonna do how am i gonna fit that on a floppy (laughs) no it's just (laughs) it it is a really uh well composed track well well thought out there's a lot of different movements a lot of different parts the only thing is it does kind of depress me um you know in a good way like it's like this kind of motivating like this triumphant kind of depression I, does that make sense yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know it's like driving forward but it's melancholy i guess is the best word to there you go you know there's a purpose but there's also a sadness to it yeah excellent excellent pick and we had a lot of diverse tracks today we've uh had some really you know with that holocaust track is really chippy and then moving out of that into like the funk and uh then you know to that weird trancy trip indie and then to this this ending track we've had a really good mix of of different genres and uh really i think we showcased the the sid chip pretty well today actually absolutely and to all of you listening in please let us know what you thought of our picks you can head over to facebook.com slash groups slash impulse project and you can comment on the show you can leave your own posts with uh you know maybe some sid chip music that you really enjoyed if you have any other suggestions for shows that we can do that spotlight other chips that you might be interested in please let us know and we'll, we'll definitely take those requests um to heart as well yeah i mean we got a lot of plans for uh many different chip sets but you know it's there's there's so many things out there that we want to cover it's hard to narrow it down so kind of hearing from you guys uh, you know, saying, oh, you know, you should look at this or you should, you should, you know, kind of focus on this and definitely kind of uh, put our attention that that direction. And uh, all the music we play today and all the music we ever play is is always free to download, like mod files and stuff. You can always get on Mod Archive or various different uh, sites. Um, today, pretty much everything came from the High Voltage SID collection, which is, I think it's HVSC.org. Um, yep. That might be the site. And um, there's also another collection of different SID music. It's called the uh, Computes Gazelle SID Collection. It's a little bit different. Um, it requires like uh, external player and stuff, but a lot of good stuff in there as well. I think the SID, uh, the high voltage SID collection is is the top. Um, there's a ton of different stuff from 
uh, demos, you know, games. It's organized by musician. It's a little hard to, to search through if you're unless you know what you're specifically looking for. But I think the count is is forty five thousand different SIDs are in that collection right now. Yeah, so I mean, it'll give you something to listen to for a little while. Until um, the end of time. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, if you want to check more uh, about uh, our show, if you want to find more information, you can go to impulseproject.info and we're also on Twitter at ImpulseCast. Um, Impulse Project was taken unfortunately, but that's the nature of Twitter. So ImpulseCast on Twitter And uh, yeah, check back soon for our next episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And anything else, Ed, that I'm forgetting? Uh, Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Ruiner9. Oh, yeah. And I'm Doki Doki Panic. And so, yeah, there there you have it. All right, guys, (laughs) take it easy. And I hope you guys enjoy the show. We'll see you next time.